What's up, everybody? We got 10 minutes here to talk about wild game cooking failures. And I say that almost in a surprised way, as though you haven't heard about many of our failures on this podcast already. Why not some more to entertain you on your drive or uh, during your shower, during whatever? I don't know what you where you listen to our podcast. When it comes to failures, we are specialists. Exactly. Yep. So wild game cooking fails. It's something that nobody wants to do. Wild game is obviously precious in so many ways. You don't want to screw it up, but inevitably stuff happens. Yep. So we've got Eric, Mark, myself, Jimmy here, and we're all going to give a little example of a time we screwed up. Maybe you can avoid our failure as well if you're new to this or just haven't done something uh, or tried something that we were discussing here. How about I, st- I I'll start out with mine. I'm already talking. We got just, 10 minutes. Yep. Oh, this thing, in, right? So this last year, Nebraska deer, as many people have probably surmised is actually my first year. Mm-hmm. And really excited. Yeah, there it is on the table. Really excited about it. Brought everything home. We broke it all down. Got the back straps, the kind core. I mean, everything. We did it at the office. People mentioned coyote style or sorry, coyote yes uh, well i've I've been saying it wrong but we had everything there and the first thing that i did i wanted to make sure that i was uh going in i wasn't going to screw up a back strap you know or a tenderloin or something like that so i did a hindquarter steak came out amazing i was like all right i'm good actually i did the heart first then a hindquarter steak i was like all right i'm feeling good about this i i decided to go up to a back strap I made the backstrap. Everybody's been talking about how amazing backstraps are. They're the greatest thing ever. You're, you're never going to have a piece of meat as good as a backstrap, maybe a tenderloin. But yep. I ate it, and it sucked. And I'll tell you why. Because I didn't remove this big old giant nasty old tendon ah. from the backstrap. Oh, that, that piece of kind of sinew that runs. Yeah, or whatever it is. I, you know, it's, I it's a shoelace, essentially. I'm yeah. not... I'm not knowledgeable enough on the anatomy to tell you exactly what it was, but all I know is that I didn't know that it was there. Nobody had ever explained that part of the yeah. backstrap. Yep. So I just, pss, pss, perfect, medium, rare, everything was right. First bite I took, I got all shoelace, and it was just, I was sitting there chewing forever, and I was like, if this is backstrap, everybody's wrong. I like hindquarter better. Yeah, you I know? like and heart better. <laughs> finally, finally, I did like, I, heart's I, actually one of my favorites, but then I finally discussed with some people, like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, you should probably trim that yep. part out. Trimmed it out the next time. Backstrap was amazing after that. Yep. But watch yourself on that. You can't just cut that thing yep. out and throw it in the pan. There's a little work you got to do. Or if you're even just, if you haven't trimmed it out, cut around it as you're eating. Yep. So yeah. There's my, there's my tip. Uh, you can learn from my failure. Mark? I like it, Jim. That's, that's a good one and probably often overlooked when talking about it, you know, if you're... Because I know, actually, I generally am kind of lazy. I don't trim it out. And then every now and again, I get a bite. And yep. you just kind of yep. got to, like yeah. I said, eat Keep chewing it. for time. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need more than 10 minutes, which is what we have here. So yep. I'm going to get started. So both of my wild game, I'm just going to spoil alert, revolves around overcooking. Mm-hmm. So the first one was ducks. My brother had come out to uh, Washington State University, go Cougs. Oh, and nice. we went duck hunting on the Snake River. I shot a couple mallards, brought them back, and we, neither of us actually had a ton of familiarity with waterfowl. In fact, most of the waterfowl that we'd shot uh, prior to that, uh, we had just had sausage made with it. And you oftentimes hear about waterfowl like, oh, I don't like to eat those. They taste bad, you know? Yeah. So we're like, eh, we'll make sausage out of it. Well, these, obviously, we weren't going to make sausage that day, so we decided to cook them up, put, put them in a stir fry. Way overcooked them, and it wasn't 
that great. I mean, it was edible. We had it mixed yeah. in with other stuff, but like, I wouldn't say it was my number one. Now, did you overcook them in a way that what what are you supposed to cook them to? Because they're a bird, and a lot of times people think chicken. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to undercook yeah. That's chicken. That's a great call out. And yeah. so, are you supposed to cook waterfowl to like a medium or something? Is that a thing? So, I mean, I'd say so. Since then, I've learned through experience actually with other people who shoot a lot of waterfowl. I cook my ducks, and I guess I'll speak to the breast only, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty darn rare. You know, yeah. a, oh, seriously. A, a medium, I'd say a medium it's to the max his, and possibly yeah. even a medium, a medium rare. And, you know, we'd cut in these pieces, you know, quite small, you know, making a stir fry and they just, they just got overdone. If I was to do it again, I'd probably cook the whole breast in its entirety rare and then and then cut it up and then cut it up and yeah. maybe just oh, throw it in at yeah. the last minute. So maybe it gets a little bit more yeah. infused with some yeah. of the other, you know, that's like how, uh, like that. That's like how people do, I mean, different thing, but like meat, steak for burritos or tacos. It's best to do it as, as a whole thing so then you actually get a good medium or medium rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And actually, I'd suggest that with ducks in general. Like I said, they kind of get a bad rap. Man, you cook a, um, a mallard breast or a wood duck breast oh, or whatever. Awesome. Phenomenal. Like, cook it like as you would a rare steak. I think you're going to be in yeah. the chips. So my other overcook was two, two of course, uh, tenderloins. Oh, right. I mean, talk about a sin when it comes to uh, game cooking. Already so tender. They're already so tender. So we've talked about this a little bit before as far as like when you cook like a steak or a chunk of backstrap, you can kind of test its doneness by pressing on it, right? You're like, oh, you know, it's about here. Anyway, not going to go into it, but I generally just test the doneness by, you know, pressure. Tenderloins, too tender, in my opinion, doesn't apply. So I was doing that and I'm like, golly, man, these tiny pieces of meat are essentially taking way long. I don't really know if there's something wrong with my grill. Finally, I just took them off. They were actually still good and very tender. They could have been a lot better because I completely overcooked them. So mm-hmm. tenderloins, as the name implies, go by really t- tender. Go by time. I'd probably go by yeah. time. Yeah. Eric. All right. So mine was six years ago. I was an intern at a company that I used to work for and an unpaid intern living on a really, you know, balling on a budget. And we had some some venison from the year before in our fridge. It was me and another buddy, uh, John Lewis, who now makes some of the best venison burgers I've ever had. 2013, John Lewis made the worst venison burgers I've ever had. (laughs) So what we did is he was very confident. It was me, him, and another buddy were like, putting together some stuff. John's taking charge on this project. Oh, yeah, get the orange juice, get the maple syrup, get the eggs, get the... uh, Oh, Yeah, orange juice is the key to remember. I think it was actually... It could have been Sunny D for all I know. Like, puts all this stuff in, mixing it all together. We put these things on the grill, and, like, they they smelt phenomenal. They did smell really good when they were all mixed together. And uh, put them on the grill, close the lid. We're kind of, like, sitting there, and all of a sudden we hear, like... Some crazy, I mean, your grill flares up anytime you're cooking burgers. Oh, yeah. But this was like intense flare ups. Open up the grill, and they're literally like what was, I think, six burgers is now like probably 15 lines of meat because everything that wasn't on a line of the grill grate had seeped through <laughs> and oh, went right into liquefied. the fire. <laughs> so we didn't want to waste it. it. They were done cooking, so we scraped them off put them back into a bowl and like compress the stuff back into patties after they're cooked, put them on, on buns and ate them. They were horrendous. If I wish, so 
John since lost his phone, and I think Lake Superior and my phone has just been broken several times since then. So we don't have the pictures from 2013 unless I can figure out how to work the cloud. That is on the to-do list right after this podcast. Good luck, man. But, They're always blowing yeah, around. Yeah. You know, if I can get up into that cloud. cloud and find these things, it's insane because there's videos of, of them literally, like as you would imagine, dripping through the grate onto the coals and then... Just giant flare-ups. That sounds They were awful. horrible. They were horrible. It must have been the Sunny D. It had to be the Sunny D or, you know, the excessive amount of maple syrup or <laughs> um, I know there was quite a few eggs involved as well. Uh, we also didn't add any pork into that too, which is, I think, a good takeaway because, you know, even if you're just adding, like, bacon in the burgers that we made last week, like, I had, I had bacon in there. And that makes it a little bit different consistency than straight venison. Venison is so lean... Whereas if you don't have anything in there, some people mix pork fat, you can do bacon, or you can keep them totally, yeah. you I mean, know, untouched and still even, get away even, with it. Even beef, you know, people put beef beef lard in it or, yeah. you know, um, tallow, Mark, yours I was guess. straight moose, though, when you made that burger on the yeah, grill, Yeah, it stuck together it? fine. Yeah. Now, granted, we were on a flat-top grill, so... And you didn't but, have any sunny But even still, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that it looked at all like it was crumbling. I mean, I was careful with it, you know? I mean, you couldn't really huck it around, I'd say, but it stayed together. Yeah. 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 Yeah, these were literally falling apart without touching them. They were just dripping right through the grate, causing flare-ups. It looked it looked like diarrhea on uh, a grill. I do. I do. Loose I, stool. I, I anyways. Do, <laughs> yes, Eric. I know what it is. I respect that you guys went after it. I we probably wouldn't have. We ate them. Uh, yeah, respect the dedication. With 15 seconds left here, we don't have enough time, but perhaps another 10-minute talk, we can discuss the jalapeno popper goose tacos that wound up in an entire building with a backed-up septic system. and uh, Crapper was full. Crapper was full around the entire building. You never know. Someday that story may come out. Nothing like ending it with the potty talk. Mark, you thought we were going to be sitting here stalling, but there's 10 minutes. I know. Talking about cooking game fails. Let's, uh, let's hear yours if you're willing to share a time where you messed up. Sometimes it can help other people out or it's just fun to uh, remember back and on lessons learned. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.